Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading James chapter 5 from the World English Bible. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming on you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be for a testimony against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up your treasure in the last days. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you have kept back by fraud. Cry out, and the cries of those who reaped have entered into the ears of the Lord of armies. You have lived in luxury on the earth and taken your pleasure. You have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, and you have murdered the righteous one. He doesn't resist you. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient over it, until it receives the early and late rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Don't grumble, brothers, against one another, so that you won't be judged. Behold, the judge stands at the door. Take, brothers, for an example of suffering and of perseverance, the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we call them blessed who endured. You have heard of the perseverance of Job, and have seen the Lord in the outcome, and how the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. But above all things, my brothers, don't swear, not by heaven or by the earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, so that you don't fall into hypocrisy. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the assembly and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will heal him who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your offenses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The insistent prayer of a righteous person is powerfully effective. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it didn't rain on the earth for three years and six months. He prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brothers, if any among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. That is the end of chapter 5 and the end of the letter from James. So here in verse 1, we see another time where in context, James is speaking to the rich rather rhetorically, meaning he's not telling these things, he's not accusing the brothers of these things but he's speaking to the rich, sort of in the hearing of the brothers, the church, as he is writing, which is evidenced by verse 7, where he segues into warning 
the rich, and then therefore the brothers are to be patient. Everything he says about the rich is about corruption, misery, judgment, corrosion, especially the part where he says, nourish, you nourish your hearts as in the day of slaughter. It gives a picture of violently practicing, continually killing in order to gain their own pleasure, and that this is a heart issue. The tone is of continued and unrepentant, wicked, selfish revelry, all the way to accusing them of murdering not just the innocent, but those who are righteous in the eyes of God. And there's some implication that he's even talking about Christ. It is a stark and just condemnation of the rich of the world. And if any of them happen to pay attention, hopefully it would shock them into considering their eternal condition. However, James is mostly putting it all into perspective for the church, for his brothers and sisters, because they need to remember that the Lord is paying attention and will deal with things in due time. They are to be patient in waiting for the coming of the Lord that is at hand. So we all want to know exactly what at hand means. It at least means that it's going to happen in a way we should be expectant of, and maybe it implies the next thing on the agenda prophetically. But what it should mean to us practically is that we have reason to hope as we wait on God's exact timing. It will be at the right time for the best harvest in our character and the salvation of souls. Well, I just realized that when someone borrowed my computer yesterday, they switched up my mic situation. So I was recording without the um, usual higher quality microphone, but now I have switched to that. So now I will proceed. So we should stand firm. We should be established in the rightful, hopeful attitude. And while we wait, we shouldn't complain about each other. This goes back to loving your neighbor as yourself and forgiving, knowing that we are all learning and growing in Christ as Christ completes the good work that he has begun in us. See Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And if you need more examples, James asks you to consider the prophets and particularly Job, whose trials are told of in the Old Testament. Not only be encouraged by how they persevered, but take note of the outcome of blessing and mercy and compassion, especially for Job. That is a glimpse of what God has in store for us. And like Job, he will help us through the rough places and correct us as needed. In verse 12, James warns that using specific special oaths as an excuse for not doing what you say you will do is the equivalent of being a hypocrite. A hypocrite is a person who puts on a false appearance of virtue or religion or acts in contradiction to their stated beliefs or convictions. In our day and age, that would be like someone who had said, yes, they would do something, but then not doing it and saying, well, I didn't promise, like somehow saying the word promise had special meaning besides yes. In verse 13, we see confirmation that when James was um, talking in chapter 4, verse 9, that he didn't mean for everyone always to be lamenting. Even the encouragements to pray here speak of hope. The cheerful singing of praises are certainly the opposite of lamenting. And the whole context is also pointing to fellowship, sharing, mutual encouragement, and praying for each other. I'm going to save discussion of the rest of the chapter for a different podcast episode, a different segment. And so that is all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.